friends, welcome to another episode of Overlooked Giants. I'm Asati Nu, and in this episode, I'm meeting with queer, multidisciplinary artist, performer, film, and theater director Beatrice Thomas, aka Black Minotaur. I first met the illustrious Black Minotaur several years ago when she hosted for the wonderful and amazing event produced in San Francisco by Queer Rebels, and that is the Queer Rebels Festival. We shared a dressing room, and I couldn't have asked to share a room with anyone more funny, more connected, or more relatable. Needless to say, I had a ball hanging out with her. We had an opportunity to work together to put on one of the many events that she produces, Black Benatar's Magic Cabaret. Yes, it is just as magical as it sounds. In these events, she curates a show that is more than just an average cabaret. It's a show that tells a story, has a message, and offers insight into the world where the realities of being queer, being a person of color, being a woman, being anything other than what some people consider to be quote-unquote normal, is placed right into your lap for you to digest and process all the while laughing and being enlightened. And on top of all of that, her performance attire is more than enough to capture your eye and keep you engaged. This sister stays working, and so I was so glad to have an opportunity to meet with her. This is an amazing conversation, and I am glad to have a chance to really hear more about her personal story. I have such great appreciation for her vision and her work, and I hope you enjoy listening to her story. Um, I am, who am I? Um, I feel like I'm a space alien. Um, oh. <laughs> I remember calling my mom from Prague uh, when I was stealing completely out of my mind because I was so disoriented from just like being like I'd been traveling in like Eastern European countries like I just love Germany so my ears and then like Prague and then just being like fuck like like T's and Z's and J's are just like not pronounced in any way that I am like it was just I couldn't read anything and I was like mom I think I figured out you know why I'm, why I'm, we're so different. I think I might have included her in it, you know, and I was like, it's because we're aliens. Gotcha. Did not make her feel confident <laughs> in my safety or mental health. <laughs> but, you know, I think that I, I remember that so clearly. And it was like this, it was such a nice, a nicer way of understanding myself than um, having to deal with all of the uh, labels and titles and uh, things that needed that that I needed to be because I was black, excellence, black excellence, right. and all the things that I needed to be because I was a black woman snatched, got snatched, snatched. <laughs> like why I want to be snatched? They snatched us from Africa. Why you right. want to be snatched? Um, and and just like and then also being queer and all, and really not having a huge connection to gender beyond its performance. Mm. But I didn't know that because you just grow up and I'm a performer. So like every day is a performance, you yeah. know, in this body, in in this identity, in this thing that is like I do not feel like many other people. I am always so glad for an opportunity to share. Because uh, 
on the off chance that I might find people who have, you know, similar, uh, you know, lack of making senses. And what I found is there's plenty of aliens. We're all from different planets. Yeah. If we connect on the fact that we're different. And I like that. Yeah. I don't, um, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. My mother is a psychiatrist. My father is a uh, doctor of behavioral science. And, and now, well, he's always been a thespian, but he is an actor and a director. Mm-hmm. And he is since retired and he runs a theater company called Heralds of Hope Theater. And he makes black theater and he is like 78 years old. Uh, yeah, it's great. He feels like very sad that he did not pursue the arts. It Mm -hmm. is one of, I mean, that's what he's doing now. And he was doing it when he was, when I was a child, when I was young. So it's a, he took a time away from the arts and he really feels that it was a real sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Um, And my mother is a introverted weirdo who is very wise and uh, very hilarious, but also, you know, my parents were very much, they were narcissists. I was raised by narcissists. <laughs> and like, I don't even fault them. Yeah. Because how are you going to be so motherfucking decorated and academic and doctored and shit if you don't have something, you know, driving you? Yeah. So, but I also just felt like really neglected not neglected like i have friends who've been really neglected so i do not want to like false pretend trauma here yeah yeah right but i grew up a disappointed lonely you know but optimistic kid you know like um so and and school was a performance i went to a private girls school and then i went to a hippie college and uh, art and theater and film. And it was just always like a big blobby mix of like making work, creating work, helping make work, creating work, making work, helping work, making work, creating work, helping work, making work, creating work, collaborate, you know, just like I love making so much. I love collaborating on creative projects so much. I love using my brain Mm-hmm. figure out artistic problems that are about presenting to an audience and whether it's a film I did film I, I grew up doing theater because of dad always in the everything performance right. everywhere um camp theater 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 um and then I was like I don't want to be a theater person and I don't want to be a therapist. I'm like, I'm really good. What do I do right now? Like I'm in fucking theater and I do fucking coaching, which is just the unaccredited therapy. Yeah. But it's more fun because it's about art. But so yeah. I'm just like, you can't escape yourself. I think that's, is that I'll stop there. No, that's good. I, that's really good. That's really good. Oh, so, both of my grandfathers are pastors oh okay just wanted to get southern pastors gotcha okay so tell me uh how old you were when you first got into art um into theater or whatever else you did born 
Gotcha. The day I was born. It was the context for everything. There was just never not not going to the art. I can't remember a time when there wasn't some side of, some kind of making in in my um, life. And I think dad, especially, I was like in a raisin in the sun when I was a baby. Yeah. Like he was like, oh yes, you, thank you. Mother, you have, you've borne me a baby for my show. <laughs> Just in time. Can't wait to get this little one on the stage. Uh, that was dope. <laughs> my um, nephew's like a famous actor. Oh, nice. I mean, I think he is, but I think he's, like, what is fame for me? It's like, you were in a commercial. <laughs> like, oh, my God. You're making it. Right. <laughs> You're doing it. You're doing it. Um, okay, so tell me about when you discovered yourself as a queer person. So it was not like a great discovery. Like, I guess I'll start with I am pansexual. Okay. And I think when you're pansexual, it's extremely hard to navigate what you are Mm -hmm. because like you could be any I mean it's like it was sort of like well what is there right yeah right like so I have just always been a curious person so I lived in the bi curious place for a while and then that just felt like make up your mind at some point (laughs) you just gotta stop being curious like that which is rude and I believe in bisexuality and like I definitely like claim the buy card when that's the only one that is available. Like I buy erasure is one of the buy people or have the highest uh, suicide rates in our community. Like I am not making light of um, bisexuality at all. Mm, yeah. But pansexuality is like, it's just really about what is that? What else is there? What else is there? And like I could be down for anything, but there's no box for that. Right. Yeah. For what could what you could be. Now there's a box for it. So I'm like understanding myself in that box. But I think I just had like crushes on my girlfriends. Yeah. I always had a best girlfriend. Like, and we were always humping and you know, <laughs> just like exploring, you know, being youth. I believe adults. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that makes sense for me. My mom's a psychiatrist. Everyone's a prude. I was a porn. <laughs> you know, like, it's just, you know, heterosexuality is fucking, po- it's like, it's very insidious. You know, it's ease. It's ease. And I, I, I don't think I was ever seduced by it because I just was always liking the weirdest fucking people. But it, I, I actually was never seduced by it. It never felt right. Right. But I also was like, did not have access to like sexual anything. Yeah, yeah. So I obsessed over metalheads. <laughs> like men who wore makeup and had really long hair. Gotcha. So with that, do you feel as though your childhood was stifled in some way because of you trying to find that identity or or trying to find a place where there was no place no i lived in a um the no um i felt i felt tentative and insecure 
and I lack confidence. And I think that had to do with maybe not having an understanding of who I was. Mm. And I think that that stayed with me um, in through college. College was always just everyone because I was very much in the queer community in high school. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. I was going to marches at 13 and I was at the um, gay march on Washington. Like, you know, I was wearing pink triangles in a green field, you know, <laughs> like forever, right? Yeah. I, my, my politics and my values are pretty much unwavering mm. through my life, but it was the identity the discovery of queerness is where I, I think when I dropped into my confidence. Gotcha. So when we're talking about identity um, and exploring oneself, when you discovered someone that you really loved, like your first love, mm -hmm. tell me about that person. Oh God, it seems, you know, it's hard to remember back because I am so dissociated from life before queerness mm. because it doesn't feel like an authentic expression of who I was. Um, well, even now, I mean, in your adulthood, like who was your, who was your first uh, love? Who was well, that person? That's, that is 100% uh, my partner, Elijah Weiss. Gotcha. Like queer Jewish trans man wow. from, from the East Coast. That that is that 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 is the person who um I mean I think I had some unrequited loves. Mm. But that that was the first person who really saw me and worked to see me as I wish to be seen. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. As it should be. <laughs> I mean, you, you think, and yeah. yet being born in one bag or another bag of like wet yeah. bones, determines like how you, or, or, I mean, and bigotry, whatever, determines how you get to even learn about yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, if it, I mean, obviously you're still with your partner now, but even before that, was there a, a point where you experienced heartbreak in terms of relationship? Only. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, it was like, I did not have a ton of relationships. Mm. Um. I had some relationships with probably gay men in high school, right? Or broken, extremely broken men, mm -hmm. right? Like, right, no chance of <laughs> having sex or falling in love when you're, you're crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, just. Real, real, real stuff, real stuff. Anyway, like I was a bit kind of a caretaker or what have, I just was so, I had so little um, self-esteem mm. and, and I was like, I just did not feel lovable or pretty or 
I just felt like I had a good personality. Yeah. And I was like in a grateful place, like in a, like, I'm just happy to be here. Like in a place of, um, I think like I had to service other people who were more something. So what brought you from that point? Like what was it discovering more of who you were? Was it, um, you know, needing someone special? What, what, what helped you to transition from that place in your life? Um, I think that like queerness kept closing in Mm. and like, I mean, it's just always been my community, but it just kept becoming narrower and narrower and, and narrow, (laughs) meaning like all of the people that I hung out with. And I always had like a sort of a mixed group of friends, but, um, and I liked to party. So I, I, you know, it was easy to be friends with me. (laughs) Um, but it just was like the people that I most loved, the people that I felt held me the most. It just kept it just kept being like queer every time, and then I think like I got to you know I left I left Austin Texas, mm. and and just I mean I think that I had a friend who was like maybe you're queer and I'd always thought it but I was like Ugh, don't be one of those gross heterosexual who wants to take up. <laughs> space in like you know but like just fuck I was like I don't know but that was that was how easy it was to be like ah don't be an asshole like you just you know are trying to have a a thing now you want to have a thing or whatever I don't know it was weird but I got to San Francisco and I like gave myself permission to like stop looking for someone Mm and have fun and like to just be like I think it was something like like instead of being like waiting to find a person to start some kind of life it was like what if you never meet that person what kind of life is going to actually make you happy yeah and so I started living that life and I also was like I am so sick of dating fuckwads I am gonna blow the fucking doors open on what I'm open to like I'm just like I don't know but I know what is not <laughs> just like yeah. it was clear and I think like I dated trans women I dated bisexual men I dated men with jobs like there was just <laughs> like a variety, you know, it was interesting. I don't know. It was great. I, what I really started doing was I started doming Mm. and like doming was actually like the thing that brought me into myself. Um, and I think gave, opened me up to, uh, what I, who I am. Yeah. And like my voice and all of that. So I think, I mean, I I think that that is a hundred percent, like it's not you know sexuality or or bds and but that doesn't make you queer but it certainly like helped me understand i was like oh i'm a dominant 
<laughs> gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> like I get it now. Okay. And 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 yeah, yeah. So I think I don't know, did that answer the question? Yes, it did. <laughs> it did. <clears throat> so moving back into your youth um or not uh when was a point when you realized that you were a black woman or a black person i mean i feel like i okay i never remember not being a black person and that meaning something i do remember around maybe six five, six or seven that I was at a summer camp with my, it, when I was staying summers with my dad and they put me in the summer camp and my dad always, he didn't live in fucking Baltimore. He lived in fucking Wheaton, Maryland or some fucking Silver Spring, Montgomery County, motherfucking white, rural, fucking rich, fucking mean, ignorant, bitches anyway <laughs> so he put me in this summer camp and i just got microaggressed so aggressively yeah and I, I was being called the queen you must be the queen of sheba you what are you the queen of sheba are you like do you have servants in africa like just like and i'm like confused because i'm like i'm like a print they're saying that i'm a princess and servants and because my dad would pick me up in a very expensive nice car yeah yeah that's how papa wrote and so all of just i remember just like sustaining that and like being called the queen of some sheba and 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 in in this way that you felt the derision but didn't quite know why and also feeling like i am the blackest kinkiest haired which one of these is not like the others? Because I also wasn't dressed in a way that was Montgomery County, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever. It's not like my dad was like, okay, well, let's put on your like stuff that's going to make you look like a boss bitch. You know what I mean? That was not what was happening. <laughs> like throw the nappy headed girl in the middle of the fucking white girl shark tank. The six-year-old white girl <laughs> Shark Tank. They ate my ass alive. I I was just like scared and beat back. Yeah. And confused, you know. That's a nice. That's a nice memory. It's it's lovely. <laughs> it's lovely. Um, and so obviously, as you have come along in life. I'm sure that you've experienced uh, many a situations where people have made it a point to uh, uh, acknowledge the color of your skin in ways that okay. are <laughs> that are that that battle that only we know. Um, <laughs> you know, you went to Hawaii. Me and Boo went to Hawaii and we were like, you know, it's this is great. Hawaii is good. The being brown in Hawaii is pretty fucking sweet. Like, yeah. just like you get stepped to in a nice, respectful way. People don't disrespect the color. They know how to behave around. It's great. Yeah. And I went to a massage because I was trying to do this hashtag self-care. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to go get a massage. Why? I'm butt-ass naked. 
she's not using a sheet. It's some kind of sheer ass shit. She's full on looking at my body and like rolling. She, you know, when they roll over and they cover their face, she's just steady. (laughs) Staring. And then I just been like, what? Okay. It's okay. Just roll over. Just, just, it's okay. I'm a dancer. I'm not ashamed of my body, but I also feel like no free looks, you know? Yeah. 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 Backstage is one thing, but like, bitch, pull it up over your face. <laughs> Why? Anyway, she's like laying it down. She's like, oh my God, your skin's so beautiful. I just want to eat it up like chocolate. So it's just like a lot of, it was like very much like I got a sound. I could feel the her movement. And then I got the, just to confirm what was happening, I got the verbal chocolate i'm like let me guess let me guess souffle (laughs) beef stew (laughs) oh chocolate i've never heard that before that's interesting yeah well um in that do you have have you experienced even in your art to a point where um you felt as though a being a color being of color was something that would that either prevented you or or you know you felt overlooked um but then on top of that uh having the experience of being a queer woman um and once that kind of that cat comes out the bag uh how's how is that how's your experience been as an artist in terms of navigating what it is to be of color and you know what's fucked up is that like I think that I'm not sure if it's like which came first the chicken or the egg but like really owning my queer identity and beyond that really becoming about creating queer arts as like a practice a way a a diaspora Mm-hmm. right of one of legacy one of history one that deserves to be innovated one that has both traditional and contemporary expressions once i like that like to me like i un, like the queerness with my blackness with my artness together form help me form my mission mm. So I gained power once I understood my um, all of like once I understood my own intersectionality because mm-hmm. that that with that triumvirate was the why am I this way because that bitch like, <laughs> like that <laughs> like, and 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 I'm like you know what there's other people like that and right. like we're bomb like I don't feel I. I'm I'm not like someone who was not, I was never not confident about my intelligence. I was never not confident about my ability to connect with people, to understand things, to reinterpret or communicate things. I have never questioned my artistry. Right. It's not something that I am intimidated by or I can't own. I have Mm. never been allowed the resources and the 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 access um and that support right that like i it just i truly think you know there is this part where sometimes it's just fucking luck like the path that i took 
did not put me into in a line in the line of the the work that I could that I am capable of now or something. I don't know. A lot of overlooked. A lot mm-hmm. of overlooked. A lot of overlooked as a black woman. Right. As a black woman who's not snatched and who doesn't come off as a power bitch, because why? Fuck that. Right. Like, like that is no, I don't show up. I'm dominant. Like I fucking am so confident in my craft and in my values and in my integrity. Like can't nobody tell me nothing. Right. But I am deeply insecure. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And beat down. So there is a, there was just this, there was something that was always there that I knew. I knew that people were not giving me my due. I knew that people were not hearing my ideas. I knew they were discounting what I was saying. Like I knew I was right. You know that it's, I, I just like when you know, but there's no one saying, Oh my God, you really nailed that one. Yeah. Oh my God. That was so good. Oh my God. I did not get feedback. So all I had was an empty, I know I'm right. (laughs) You know, I, I hope I'm right. I like, you see, you don't go for a ton of, you don't push for opportunities unless you feel like it's a sure, sure thing. Right. And that was stifling to me. And then also because I was taught, keep your head down and work hard. Where'd that come from? Yeah. Why people taught slaves that? Yeah, yeah. To stop them from trying to excel. Yeah. This, this one over here, just like, oh, just, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> And I just, I think in my professional, it was really like moving to San Francisco in my mid thirties that where I was like, that is bold. That's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Like like it was like, like four and a half years into working at the arts commission. And I was like, it's a lie. It's a total lie. Like if you don't advocate for yourself, they will literally try to take things away from you, which is what they were trying to do to me. And so I learned in that period um, of being overlooked and then getting into the truth because I was opt- an optimist, mm. right? And like, so, and I was like, oh, it's a lie. And so then I learned how to advocate. I, I learned how to like advocate for, you know, uh, like health leave. I learned how to advocate to have my dog at work because I- right. It was rough. It was rough. I can't a whole coming of age in that bureaucracy, but it was so such an important time period because I was like, oh, it's not, it's not even that. And then the queerness inside of me was like, I don't want to be with you people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be with you. I want to like, you're slow, you take forever, you don't mean what you say, like you don't recognize fucking talent to the max. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. wanna be with you and I can make that choice. And that was, that was, so something in that triumvirate was like, you know what? I, I, I think that I will have better luck if I just go a, my own way and like, like, just be a professional. Like, I was like, I'm going to be a professional queer arts person. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and just make, like, it's like they, there are all these gates. Oh, I'm trying to get the Zellerbach. 
oh, I'm trying to get the this thing. Oh, I'm trying to get that residency. All the people have made gates. And it was like in leaving the Arts Commission, I'm like, I was like, oh, fuck, I need to make, I'm going to make my own gates. Right. I'm just going to go out here and make a gate and say, ooh, you need to get up in here and see this art. Oh, yes, get inside. Mm. Yeah. You're going to yeah. miss it, right? Like, <laughs> That I'm so that's what I am. That's where I'm at now. Yeah, and I feel like queerness is at the center of it. I am just like queer people are always on the cutting edge of every fucking movement. Queer people are responsible for all of the best innovations in fashion parties and anything that people enjoy. Right. Yeah. and, And so people have been, and we've been around forever, and people have been utilizing us for our joy and genius and magic milking us like what do you think the gestures of the day were fages honey fages <laughs> you know what i'm saying like who kept the dogs lesbians were up handling the horses and the dogs like right. like we're present but people just want to suck on our our acumen and our the fruits of our intellect without giving our due justice and so I found for me, a, like, I'm like intersectional queerness. That's my campaign, honey. Right. Like, that's the gate. That's what's making it all happen. The intersection of queerness and culture, mm-hmm. ethnicity. Like, that's where the ish is. And I want to be where the art, like, that's the ideas place, the, the, the concept place. That's where I want to be. Right. 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 That's the thought nexus that is the goal. Yeah. 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 So what inspires you? Um, queer people and their artwork. Yeah. I mean, queerness definitely inspires me, but like, I think, I think like, uh, spaces that, that like, are I think explorations in uh, non-binary like expression mm-hmm. is is inspiring to me like and it's I don't I don't even know what that means it's more like a conceptual place of being like I'm so inspired by the fact that like I really the only thing that is gendered about me is like black womanhood other than that do not like i'm i'm not i don't know nothing about no lady stuff (laughs) (laughs) like like i don't i don't know what ladies yeah 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 you know like but like i don't know that's that's i don't know that is inspiring to me what else is inspiring to me i think like community i think like like collaboration mm-hmm. and like uh, values are, insp- I just like, I like people who live uh, by a code of integrity. Right. That is inspiring to me. I think that like collaborate, like really leaning into collaboration, leaning into like, like believing that a small comp- contribution from each individual can result in a, a, a magnificent whole. Like I, that is very um, inspiring to me, you know, small actions for big change. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
deeply. So tell me, what is what does love look like to you? Love looks like contribution and service um, to a person's to what to the things that the that 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 like that person has identified as their like values and um beliefs and goals Mm. i think so i mean i think and like that love to like yeah someone being the best them that they can be yeah yeah and like if that if everyone's feeling that way about the other then like we're yeah that's right okay what is your self-love like how do you express your self-love i do a lot of um positive self-talk it might not be positive so much as i just spend a lot of time talking myself through stuff yeah yeah, I, seriously, right now, the way that I'm showing myself self-love is reminding myself that, like, I'm good enough to expect more and <laughs> that um, they're reminding myself that there are lesser people with more and they got it with re- relative ease. And so if there's any ish, it's because it's not that, like, I don't expect that things won't take work, but I don't expect it to be hard. I think it's like about being like, it's okay, boo, you just are trying to find where the water's warm. Right. And, and like that, that's it. So I I think I try to be nice to myself. I am notoriously hard on myself, but I, I, I do try to like, just keep it real. And the fact that like, I deserve more than Donald Trump. So (laughs) like, Word, yeah. Whatever, whatever I want, it's okay. It's, it's okay. Yeah. And then I also go to, I like to go to the spa. Oh. To the hot, outdoor hot springs and heal myself. I feel like an an empath. Mm -hmm. And there's a place in New Mexico that I try to go and, and get in the water in the ground. Yeah. So, so I, I think, yeah. And I try to get, I get massages. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But like, I mean, those are things like when you have the money, you do those things. I am trying to understand that this is why I work for the money. Right. (laughs) You know, like, I mean, maybe if I weren't working so hard, I would not need massages. But also, I love working. So I would love for, I would love, self-care is a massage. Right. So that I can continue. (laughs) To do the work. Yes. Like, like, like self-care is making it so that the work is sustainable on my body and mind. Right. And so I, I do, I do try to look at, I try to keep the work that might be the self-focus too, is I really try to keep the work. Mm-hmm. Um, calling the shots, not entirely like I do take gigs to pay. I mean, I like, 
but it does call the shots in that way. Like I do consulting so that I don't have to like make cash from my artwork. Right. Like, and so then I keep a real, so it makes me make my art projects much tighter and maybe they take longer or maybe, you know, but it makes it that much more important for me to sell mm -hmm. the work. Right. Yeah. So last question. Um, if you were to talk to a young queer girl of color, a uh, young queer woman of color, what advice would you offer them? I would offer them this. Maybe there's three things I would say. At all times, know your top five values because those are the things that help you dictate what is truly at the, your core right for you or wrong for you. Mm -hmm. Two, it would be know the nine or ten, whatever, the nine, I'm going to go nine because that's what I do. Nine areas in your life that are like key to your balance and happiness. Mm. Right. And then the third thing is if you're, if they're an artist, get a credit card and put all of your work expenses, even if it even looks like a work expense. <laughs> if it potentially could be a work expense, put it on that credit card and just work to pay that credit card off because that's going to help you with your taxes. <laughs> Ashe, yeah, taxes for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I would need my babies to know about taxes. Yes. <laughs> Sate knew I, they need to know about tax. They need to know about their monies. Yeah. I don't know mm -hmm. shit. I'm learning it now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm crushing it, but I feel crazy because I have no idea what's coming in. When's it coming in? How much is coming in? Where is it going out? What's the, but it's all working. So clearly I'm making enough. Yeah. But if you don't know what your money is doing, guess what? I can never stop doing working. Working. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just like, <laughs> like, so I'm, I'm now I'm like, I want the babies to know about the monies. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'll show it shit. Okay. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. And honestly, that last bit was honestly really helpful. And that uh, sparked some other things in me. I think we should put together a panel discussion to talk to some young, uh, some young people about finances and what that looks like. And yes. especially if you're an artist. Yeah. So do it on a webinar, like on a Zoom yeah. platform. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm all the way down for that. I would love that because I they just definitely like, need it. They, it's like the babies need to know about the monies, and I'm like here. The thing about it is, it's not like I know all this shit. I'm learning it right now. Yeah. I have enough money to pay someone to come in and help me figure out my goddamn money. <laughs> it's a good thing, right? Yeah. Like I don't have, but I. So I'm like learning as fast as I can, and I want to turn it over as fast as I can. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like turn it back. Like yeah. just like Jesus Christ put everything on that goddamn credit card. Yeah. Cause I'm still learning too. Yeah. <laughs> it will it will dramatically shift your life. Yeah. Um, it it was so shocking because the art might like you pay it off when you have the money. That is a goal. 
and a flat. But if you're in a cash low place, the card only requires you to pay this much. So you can like, when you rebound, you can take the card down. Right. Yeah. It's just like, I was afraid of that. And now I'm like, my taxes next year are going to be sickening. Like I basically was able to, I made 66 K last year. Dope. But I only <laughs> paid taxes on 16 K. Ashe, yeah, I'm down for that. <laughs> Credit card. Every, I put 49 K. I was, cause I'm like, fuck it. I'm doing art. It needs to pay. Yeah. 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 But I will, so just start there because, and I'll keep telling you everything I'm learning, but it is a lot. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> damn, <Yeah>. like, <laughs> I'm not missing, I'm not yeah. I'm going to hit you up uh, so we can talk more about the conferences and all that. I want to do this panel. All right, cool. Well, thank you again. I appreciate it. I'm excited for your project. All right, thanks. Talk sure. to you later, sis. Bye. I do hope you enjoyed listening to this interview with Beatrice Thomas, a.k.a. Black Benatar. Please be sure to follow the links attached to the podcast for ways to connect with her and be sure to follow her on social media to find out what she has going on and coming up next. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for more episodes. Be well, be blessed, one love.